Hello and welcome to Brick and It, Bellway's very own podcast, which gives you a unique insight into the property building industry and life at Bellway. I'm Laura Bell, Group Senior Organisational Development Manager at Bellway. In this special episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Chief Executive of the Lighthouse Construction Industry Charity, Bill Hill. On the podcast, we're going to be discussing mental health, why people working in the construction sector might be affected by poor mental health more than the general population, and also share details of a new initiative from the Lighthouse Construction Industry Charity that's aimed to change all that. So let's start bricking it. If you are affected by any of the issues we're discussing today, we will signpost some resources at the end of the episode so you can get the help and support you need or speak to someone right away. Those resources will also be available in the episode description. Bill, thank you so much for joining us today. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what's involved with your current role as Chief Executive at Lighthouse Club? Yeah, it's, uh, first of all, it's a great privilege and pleasure to to be here on this podcast for Bellway. Really looking forward to it. A little bit about me, well, pretty boring. Really. I, was, uh, I started training as an accountant many, many years ago and worked in technology most of my life and then managed to find an escape route from technology. When the company I was working for got bought by a big American outfit, they wanted me to go to the Middle East to run their operations there. And I asked my wife, do you want to go to the Middle East? And she said, you'll be going alone. <laughs> okay, then. Probably a time to do something else. So I managed to escape the commercial world and joined the world of charity. And my first uh, dalliance in that was a charity called Wooden Spoon, which is a children's charity on rugby, which I enjoyed very much because that was my sport. I was chief executive there for a few years and uh, turned that around. And this opportunity came up to head up the Lighthouse Construction Industry Charity. And the interesting thing, a little bit interesting thing about me, I was born and brought up on an island off the west coast of Scotland tiny little island with nine people on it and my dad was a lighthouse keeper so it just seemed as if the the planets had joined up yeah i've really enjoyed working in the construction industry all this time so it's an interesting background but the day-to-day stuff is is really all about driving the initiatives for for the charity i mean our vision is that uh, no worker in construction or their family should be alone in a crisis. We're trying to put all sorts of services in place to make them available to everyone in the industry so that they can get help and support when, when they need it. Wow, sounds like a, a fantastic cause. Now, that's all very interesting, but on the Bricking It podcast, we really like to get to know our guests. So can you tell me what your go-to afternoon snack is? Oh, guilty pleasure. Fruitcake. Love fruitcake. <laughs> 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 uh, just <laughs> if any of us see a bit of fruitcake anyway, I've got to have a go at it. My mum used to make things called a clutty dumpling. Don't know if you've got it up in the Oh, yes, I've heard of those, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, that got me from the early age into, into fruit, fruit and cake and uh, absolutely delicious. Love it with that. A nice cup of tea or coffee in the afternoon. Brilliant. Very nice. Sounds good. So, Bill, improving well-being and removing the taboos around talking about poor mental health is a topic that's really key to culture change in our industry. So I'm really pleased that we're having this conversation. But I'm also slightly saddened because I feel like as an industry, we haven't really moved that far in recent years or certainly not at a pace. To set the scene, could you perhaps share with our listeners the extent of the challenge the industry faces, as well as what it was that brought the issue to light for the sector originally? Yeah, I think the, the industry is an industry that's high reward, but, but there's also high risk within the industry as well. When we look at the, the macro indicators for the industry, you see somewhere between 30 to 40 fatalities on site every year. You see somewhere around about 2,000 major incidents 
where the individual is incapacitated in such a way that they can't actually get back to the job that they, they used to do. The industry is number one for occupational uh, cancer cases. And the thing that really took the industry and knocked it for six was when we found out that 20% of all recorded absence from work was due to stress, anxiety, or depression. And then the one that really threw them was the, the suicide rate within our industry. So we're seeing something like two construction workers every working day taking their own life in the UK and Ireland. So so that is the backdrop to to really the industry galvanizing itself to say, we have got to do something about this. Uh, if we want an industry for the future, for the young people of the future to come and join it, we absolutely need to join together and do something pretty major to, to change that, that whole perception of the industry and, and, and galvanize and unify into to making something major change to the culture as well. And that, that's what we're trying to do. And we're trying to work with, with the industry to, to help foster and develop that culture change. Gosh, some of those stats are pretty scary. How, how, did, how did we come to have that information? A lot of the information we get from the ONS data. So the, the ONS data is we've been working with the Glasgow University, Glasgow Caledonia University and Professor Billy here up there has helped us take the ONS data and look at it by classification code and then work it through of the, the codes that belong to construction. And we then marry them up against uh, all other industries. And that doesn't look good either. You're three times more likely to see a suicide in construction than in any other industry. And if you're working in the trades or the ground workers, it's nearly nine times more likely to see a suicide in construction than than any other industry. So again, it's not a wonderful advert for young people and the Gen Z to come into into our industry. We've just really got to do something about it to change that and, and make it a place where people want to to, to see it as a career for, for them for the future. Otherwise, we're going to be a bit short of labour as we already are to try and get to a really future, good future for the industry. Absolutely. It's pre- pretty shocking statistics there. I guess that really highlights the issue following the pandemic and then the current economic uncertainty. How have these factors impacted the mental health of workers in the construction industry? Have you got any insight on that? Yeah, I mean, when when COVID hit, our helpline just lit up. If you look at the, the, the workforce within construction, 53% of the workforce, there's about 3.1 million working in construction throughout the UK and Ireland, and 53% of that workforce are either self-employed, agency workers, or on zero-hour contracts. So you can imagine what the impact of COVID had on them as soon as it said, stay at home. Uh, it meant stop getting income. And and then it took a little while for the government to work out what they could do to help the self-employed people as well. So our helpline just absolutely lit up with uh, people. What, what, what do I do? How do I get access to, to support? Where do I go? So we were very, very busy at that particular time. Interestingly, from the suicide stats as well, is that I would have expected that that would have perpetrated across all industries. But when you look at construction versus all industries through that period, then all other industries stayed pretty static on the number of suicides per 100,000 employed. Our construction industry went up, and that probably bears relevance to the fact that so many people are self-employed and the, the worry about financial issues to put you know, bread on the table and food on the table for the families became such, such a huge issue. For sure. I think from what you've said, we can really get a feel for 
the, the scale of the problem and the scale of the of the challenge. I know January this year saw the launch of the charity's Make Good Visible campaign. Can you explain a bit about how the campaign fits with other initiatives within the industry and why you feel an overarching rather than company by company approach is really important? I think with uh, with the Make It Visible, we, we just got to act together. I mean, my my personal view is that there's no intellectual property in welfare and well-being for our workforce. We should all be working together. And if we see a best practice, we should all adopt it. It shouldn't be the nicest possible way. We are doing something absolutely brilliant. Let's share it with the rest of the house builders and make sure all the house builders are doing it the same way. Because that workforce moves from house builder to house builder to house builder. So it'd be really good if they had the same sort of level of support and capability as they move from the different sites. And that's the nature of our business. So to try and brand a welfare and well-being support initiative within one company and say our welfare and well-being is, is better than somebody else's is, is good, but it's not as powerful as saying our industry looks after its people. As an industry, we are really interested in making sure the welfare and well-being of our people are, are second to none. And we are working as an industry to make that a fantastic place to work, again, to try and entice the next generation to come through to, to work in our industry. And that's why I think it's, it's more important that we work as a, as a unified approach. And that's where Make It Visible came about. It was, it was really to say, like, let's unify behind one type of brand. Now, that doesn't mean to say that, say, Bellway can't have their own brand. It's just that let's have a nod to Make It Visible to say, you know, you've got some initiatives within Bellway, then, you know, find some way of just sticking the, the hashtag Make It Visible on it to show that you are part of a a, a global unified force that is trying to 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 make things better better for the industry. So that that's what it's about. It's it's it's, it's trying to unify the industry, get the industry together. We are trying to work with all the home builders to try and, and discuss what what works best within the home building industry, as opposed to maybe the infrastructure part of of it to the the plant hire people within the industry. So we know there's different nuances of, of help and support that we need to put in place. To make, to make it happen and, and make it visible really is a unifying brand to, to put it behind to, to make sure we're all part of this the same process. That's a really galvanising message, isn't it? Sort of working together as part of a movement rather than working alone in silos. I think that is a really key message and I hope people take that away from the podcast today. So talking a bit more in detail about Make It Visible, I understand there are four elements to the campaign. Could you perhaps briefly explain what each of them are and then maybe we can go into a little bit more detail later on? Yeah, sure. So, so we, we, we looked at the, what needs to be done in the industry, then we, we, we broke that into four areas, as you say. So the, the first area is reactive well-being strategies. You know, what can we do? People are in crisis. How can we give them the help and support that they need? And, and to be fair, we have got a lot of activity in that reactive support space. So from a charity perspective, uh, we've got a, a 24-7 helpline. We've got tech support. We've, we've just introduced, and maybe my marketing people will shoot me for this, but we've just introduced uh, a language sector on, on the chat line as well. So we can deal now with about 27 languages, our helpline right. as well, which which is good because we know there's a whole potpourri of people yeah. uh, working uh, in our industry. Uh, we've got free e-learning uh, so so people can learn a little bit more about it. And, and the thing that's been launched with Make It Visible is a fantastic portal called makeitvisible.info. And anybody can access that portal and get access to information, advice, and guidance. And the thing we're really proud about is that we've created a, a whole nationwide network of beacons. These are drop-in centres around the UK and Ireland, 
where people can go in and they're working away from home, they can go in and socialize and, and meet other like-minded people in a non-judgmental environment. So we've got a lot of the reactive services covered. The second area is is proactive services. Like what, what do we do to to get to people and give them the tools or uh, the information or the education that they need so they never get into crisis in the first place? Because when somebody's in crisis, they are you know, right at the end of the road and it's more difficult to pull them back. But if we can give them the, the right tools uh, to, to, to work on themselves prior to going into crisis, and that is still trying to be worked out. What, what do we do in that, in that proactive space that would make a, a huge difference to the industry? And then the, the third area is long-term culture change. <laughs> 87% of all the 3. million people working in construction are men. Men have pretty unhelpful stoic beliefs when it when it comes to when it comes to talking about this subject matter and and that is a massive area that culture is a massive area uh, to work on so with equality diversity inclusion uh, we need to diversify the workforce we need to get more women into the workforce and and if we do that then i think that culture change will happen very naturally but it's a long time to do that it's very difficult to make and manifest those changes and if one thing that COVID did do in a positive way was the industry said we could never work flexible working guess what when COVID came along we managed to do flexible working <laughs> the other thing was that you know hygiene factors on site were pretty dodgy <laughs> when COVID came along hygiene factors got raised a huge amount and the standard yeah. went up massively now, now two of those things are very key to help women coming into the industry. It's flexible working and hygiene factors. So, so I'm not saying that's the answer, but it certainly <laughs> has helped. And, it, and it's important we keep that up as well to, to just look how do we how do we get more women into the industry? Uh, because that really, really will help uh, culture change as well as looking at the other diversification w- within that as well. And then the final bit, the part four, is measurement. How the heck do we measure if we're doing a good job? You know, because it's a very, very difficult thing to measure. It's, it's very subjective. Yes, we can get the ONS data and say suicides are coming down. And I do hope that's what we see in, in my lifetime is that suicides will come down in our industry. That's what we're really striving to do. We should not be losing people in the industry. And, and okay, working in the industry might not be the absolute cause of the person taking their own life, but the fact that they are working in our industry and it must have a, a major part to play. And, and our job as employers in the industry is to make sure we don't have a detrimental effect on somebody's mental health from when they come to work to when they come home, when they go home at night. We must make sure that that is a positive experience for them. And if we can help their mental health and make it more positive during that period, that is something that we should do. But how the heck do you, do you measure that? And, and my saying here is, you know, it's, it's our, our industry is, is very famous for, for doing things right, but there's a big difference between doing things right and doing right things. And, and this, to me, is something, is a right thing to do. Having a very, very good well-being and welfare policy for all your workforce that come on site is a right thing to do. And we'll figure out how to measure it. At some point, we'll figure out how to measure it. We've got very keen brains working on this to figure out what we can do from a, a macro and micro and individual level about how to how to find out if we're making a difference. But again, that's going to take a little while cooking uh, to, to be able to find out how to do that. 
it's really, really interesting. And I think, it, you know, it, it sounds like things are moving in the right direction, but still lots of work to be done. And I think, you know, getting all of the house builders to, together to collaborate and, you know, drive this forward and, and help look at things like measurement and culture change. I think that's that's really important to, to help us break this cycle. I know, you know, speaking as a as a house builder, HR board myself, if greater focus on well-being is something that I and many other other people who have a similar role welcome, particularly following the pandemic and given the, the current economic uncertainty. But it can be really difficult to improve, especially when you've got all of these external factors impacting on people, interest rates rising, cost of living increasing, etc. Is there anything that Make It Visible is, is working on or doing to help improve overall well-being as well? Yeah, you know, one of the things, our two biggest issues from uh, getting this message across is reducing the stigma about talking about it and going to seek help. And the second thing is making people aware that there is help and support available to them. So as part of the Make Invisible program, we we have got vans, multicolored vans. Um, <laughs> I think we've been to a few railway sites where we have in those van tradesmen. And, and those tradesmen are, are very special individuals. They are genuine tradesmen. They, if they're not in the van, they're on the tools. They are mental health first aid uh, trained as well. But the key is they, they have real lived experience of mental health problems themselves and had issues in the past. And they go on to site and we do a stand down day and the guys must around. And because they are tradesmen, there's a huge empathy with the boots on the ground to those individuals. And, and the talking starts, which is fantastic. That's exactly what you want, the talking to start. Yeah. And then Obviously, at the end of that, they, they give out the cards and say, here's the helpline number, here's the portal you can access. So delivering against two of those key initiatives, which is breaking down the stigma and also creating awareness. But, but the thing that I didn't account for when we relaunched this program was the number of people that come and talk to those afterwards and say, I am at the end of the road. I am thinking of taking my own life. And so they've got suicidal ideation. And we have got them immediately into support. And just to give you an idea, is that so far this year we've visited 273 sites. We've we've seen over 20,000 workers on the ground, and we have done 102 critical interventions. These are people that have come to us after uh, the guys have finished their on-site activity and said, "I need help," and we've got them immediately into counselling. So I can hand on heart say that this particular program genuinely is saving lives in our industry. And I am so hopeful that as we move forward, we can increase the number of vans on the road that actually do this and get around as many sites as possible because this particular program is making a huge difference. And we can introduce things in that program, like you know when they're standing inside, they can actually talk about debt and financial management, which is key, and looking at good debt versus bad debt and tell people this is where you can go to get help to, to reschedule your debt and that happens a lot. So so there's things like that we can we can help with as well as we can put tools and education programs into that on-site program. And that is the best way to get to those individuals because it's so hard with the supply chain the way it is and the multiple levels of subcontracting to reach yeah. the boots on the ground. The best way to be reach them is to go on site, stand down and talk to them directly. Huge, huge difference. So proud of what we're we're doing there. And, and again, thank you, Bellway, for all your help and support that uh, you've been to the programme as well, because I know we've been a few of your sites and this is what we love. 
It certainly has. And, and you know, thank you. Bill, I mean, all, all we've done is pick up the phone and say, can you come down? Your your team have definitely done the hard work. And we, we've talked a lot about all of the stuff that, you know, the, the Lighthouse Club are doing to support wellbeing and mental health. But let's talk a bit about what, what we can do, what other, you know, construction businesses can do, and, and especially business leaders to make a difference. So if any of them are listening to this episode... What would you say to them? What would you like them to go away and do from today? Well, I think there's there's a few things that we can we can look at. One, soft skills. In our industry, we see many many people get promoted into a position of people management, and in that position, they've been promoted because of technical capability. And what sometimes they lack is the the, the management capability of looking and, and working with people. It's a very very shouty industry where people get shouted at and and commanded and. And that is a structure that is not got a good long-term future, especially with the young people coming through. They, they need a bit more understanding um, about what am I doing here? Why is that important? They want to know they're making a difference. So Gen Z needs that uh, type. So I think there's, a, there's quite a lot on the soft skills that we can do as an industry to, to help the people management element of it. But I think so easy is for any company to get hold of the materials and even if they don't have a well-being program themselves, it's so easy to go onto the makeinvisible.info site and in the little menu there, there's a bit of making visible resources. They can, they can download the, a little video that we've done that it can be shown at induction to talk about well-being and the, the industry has support for everybody. And it's, it's, a, it's an upbeat video. It's it's not it, it, it's, it's, it's quite exciting seeing this is an exciting place to work. And if you're struggling a little bit, we've got support for you. So it doesn't go into all of the stats that we've talked about. It actually makes it you know exciting seeing the, the industry cares and supports. So they can download that and use that inductions. They can they can get a hold of posters to put on the site so that people can see where they can get help on site. They can go on there and and try and book onto one of our tours to have one of the stand down days on site as well, so we can start the conversation and build awareness on site. So th- there's quite a lot of things that the you know, small companies can do to just get into the program. And then for me, this is always a bit about you know getting to base camp. If you can put the the basics in place, you get to base camp. And then when you get to base camp and you see the the productivity and the gain that you get from your people by introducing a program like this, you will see the positive effects of it, and then you'll decide where to take your summit because you you can take this a long way. And companies like yours, like Bellways, has already got all the basics in place, and and you've got a different summit. You're building your own summit on top of that as well, which is great news. So you're building other programs on top. If we can get everybody to base cap, we'll move the industry a long way. Absolutely. I'm pleased you mentioned Bellway because I was going to ask, we, we've done some of the basics, as you know, and we're also working to, to train our people managers in mental health awareness and also advocating for one in 10 of our workforce to be mental health first aiders, which is all great. But, you know, as, as, a, as a large player in the, in the house building sector and construction industry overall, what can we do as an organisation to, to help push the message or help support Lighthouse Club moving forward? For me, it's about getting the message out there. And you'll have lots of subcontractors that come on site and you'll have probably a great programme for your own employees who are, are part of your you know paid employee staff levels. It's about everybody else that comes on site. At least maybe 40, 50% of the people that come on site are maybe not your employees. Yeah. And, and the message there is, is, is to give this a site support system to say anybody who comes on the site gets support. Okay, if you're an employee, you do this. But if you're not an employee, we we this site 
is welfare and you know, sort of well-being supporting everybody that comes on this site. So I think that's a huge message to, to give out and, and, and put the tools and infrastructure in place to, to make that available on every site. You know, our, our whole idea is, is making well-being and welfare support insight on every site. And, and Kivisible does that. So that's something very, very simple uh, an organization like, like Bell we can, can do. But, but also, as, as one of the leading house builders in the country, then, then Bell we working through the Home Builders Federation and, and working with your other colleagues in there is to say, well, what else do we need to do? Because you know, we haven't got all the answers. <laughs> You've got more of the answers than we have. You know, it's like, well, we, we use us to, to try and enact your issues and your solutions and try and get us to make it work for you more collectively as, as a home building group. So that's where we need employers to work and say, like, you know, we've got some basics in here, we've got some good practice in here, let's share the best practice and see if we can get it more done collectively and unify some of that best practice across the, the whole home building fraternity. Thanks, Bill. That's really, really helpful. One last question, if I may. From a personal perspective, where do you hope the industry will be in five years' time and what challenges do you think it'll face in getting there? I think I think the biggest challenge is, is, is going to be the, the EDI and the culture change. I think that is the absolute biggest challenge the industry's got. How, how do we get a more diverse workforce into construction? And in, in doing that, the culture will naturally change uh, because of that, that that mix in there. And I think that is probably the biggest challenge they got. Because at the, at the end of the day, we're around about forty to 50,000 tradesmen short for the next five years within our industry. And we're not seeing the youth coming through. I, I go to many sites and I ask the people in front of me, how many of you have got kids? And a lot of hands go up. And then the second question I ask is, how many of you are advocating a, a career in construction for your children? 99% of the hands go down. So if, if we haven't got the parents of people working in the industry advocating that this is a good in- industry for them to work in, we've got a long way to go to get that culture change right for the future. And then I think that's probably the industry's industry's biggest challenge. And, and sure, the industry goes through cycles, you know, as well, which doesn't make it easy for people to say it's a long-term future for me because two years ago the industry's flying and this this year's now looking like you know it's dipping and it might be flying again and there'll be a government change policy and you know home builders we, we need four hundred thousand a year now and suddenly <laughs> you know you're back back fired up again on systems go they'll bring mortgage rates down. you know so all these sort of types of things have factors that change the cyclical nature of our industry but we we can overcome those bumps as well so i mean it does i think these are the challenges the industry's got going forward some of the big challenges but but for me the the, the simple thing that everybody can do, absolutely everybody can do. And just because you think you can only do a little doesn't mean to say you don't do anything. Everybody can do this. Three simple things. First of all, when you see somebody struggling, and we all know when we see somebody struggling, is to to ask them how they're doing. Don't ask once, ask twice, because you often get a different answer the second time around uh, as well. And and if, if you do ask those questions, make sure you, you give enough time for them to to respond and and trying to listen non-judgmentally is the second key thing and it's so hard to do so try to listen and respond non-judgmentally seek to understand before you seek to be understood and then and then the third little golden nugget that everybody can do is always be kind 
There's no reason to be unkind to another human being on a building site. Why would you want to be unkind to somebody? And even if you've got a difficult message to to deliver, like, you know, I'm sorry, you know, the the project is now finishing or it's been uh, tuned down and I'm sorry I'm have to let you go. But you've been a great worker. We've really enjoyed we should get good reference when you go to another site. You can let people down gently as well by giving them a little uptime. They're going to be so petrified about losing a wage but you can let them go with a little bit of dignity uh, to say you've been great it's not your fault that sort of type thing as well so always be kind as well so ask twice listen non-judgmentally and always be kind three little golden nuggets that everybody can do to make this place a better place to work Bill, thank you so much for talking to me today. It's been really, really interesting and and nice to catch up. That's just about all we've got time for today. So thanks to you for listening to Breaking It with Bellway and the Lighthouse Club. And huge thanks again to Bill for joining us and talking about this very important topic. If you have been affected by any of the issues we've discussed today, people working in the construction industry have access to the Lighthouse Charities Make It Visible portal at www.com makeitvisible.info or you can call their 24-7 helpline on 0345 605 1956. The Samaritans helpline is available to everyone and you can call them anytime 24-7 for free to talk about concerns for yourself, a friend or a colleague on 116123. Please take care and look after yourselves, your families and your colleagues and as Bill says, be kind. If you're dealing with any of these issues, we really do encourage you to seek help and support as early as you can.